The Velvet Food and Drink Awards 2023 are now open for nominations and we need your votes. There are eight categories including Restaurant and Chef of the Year, Best Pub and Best Coffee Shop or Tea Room. For the full list and to nominate your favourites, search Velvet Food and Drink Awards. Nominations close on Wednesday, May 31st. And join us live on June 30th for the Gala Awards Show, hosted by our own Steffi Callister. Ian Dayborn. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. You've got a new book out. I do. Um, I should say, by way of an introduction, that you write uh, a lot of companion novels which go alongside That's popular right. sci-fi series yeah. like Doctor Who, Star Trek. Yep. And this new book is about... Blake Seven. Oh, my beloved Blake Seven. Yeah, my favourite TV show when I was growing up. Now, uh, I don't know how old your listeners are, but uh, I don't know if they remember it. A very memorable show. Um, it's sort of uh, Robin Hood in space, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a band of rebels fighting against, you know, an evil regime. Only they've got a brilliant spaceship. <laughs> so Absolutely. that's pretty much the summary, I think. It is. And they managed to, they managed to very cleverly overcome the fact that the lead actor, <laughs> Gareth Thomas, decided after two series, because back in those days, you know, people didn't want to yeah. get typecast, that he was off. So Yeah, um, yeah, he, he just left. It was kind of Blake Seven, no Blake, and there were never, I think, seven of them. But, you know, it's a great <laughs> no. title. You wouldn't change it, would you? You wouldn't call it Avon's Five. That'd be rubbish. It would. Um, <laughs> it would. Yeah, he went off to the RSC or something. He's a really good actor, Gareth Thomas. Yeah, really, really, really strong actor. And you see it in Blake Seven, he kind of, you know, I think everyone remembers Avon, the kind of bad guy. But Gareth is there as a kind of really strong, solid lead at the start. Yeah, well, I would say I've been re-watching them recently. Oh, yeah. On, um, there was a channel called Forces TV, which unfortunately yeah, is now debunked. Yeah. But they kept, uh, what they do on these heritage channels is they'll run, well, they ran all four series and then give it a couple of months and then they run, run them it all again. again. Yeah. Um, and it must have been good because I found myself watching some of, although I'd seen them all originally when they yeah. came out, watching them for, again, you know, over and over every few months. And the one thing that really struck me is the cast. They had a lot of really... Uh, heavyweight actors in they there, really people like did. Valentine Dahl, and as you yeah. say, Gareth Thomas was a great actor. So Julian actor. Glover, T.P. McKenna, you know, really mm -hmm. strong theatre actors. But then TV was like that in the 70s and 80s. It had that kind of, this kind of theatrical tradition. I think it starts to change around about the 90s. It gets more filmic and much more yes. cut away, and I think actors are, are looking to be in films. But during the 60s and 70s and 80s, you just got theatre actors. And and TV, I mean, I love Bakeson. With the best will in the world, it can be quite static, yeah? Yes. So it is very much like people are performing on a, on a stage, but there are cameras moving around and cuts and, you know, camera moves in and zooms and these kinds of things. But, yeah, the kind of people that they got. Betty Marsden, you know, it's absolute yes. riot. Do you think it stands up when you rewatch it? I, th I thought it did. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've watched some of the... I love Doctor Who as well. Of course. And I've watched some <laughs> of the old Doctor Whos and some of them, you know, the old joke about the set wobbling and all of that yeah. stuff, you could see that a bit. I think with Blake Seven, it was actually um, Terry Nation, I think. Uh, it was, yeah. Created it, didn't he? Who was the, you know, who was the, the man, man behind, behind the, the Daleks. Daleks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but when watching it, yeah, I think obviously it does look older and it's yeah. not shot on film and all of that but I yeah. still think it actually I think, I think they spent a few a few quid on it I don't they did alright the, the joke is that it replaced a TV show called Softly Softly Task Force which was a police yeah. show yes uh, so they were trying to make a science fiction show on the budget of a police show which you know isn't quite <laughs> <laughs> so okay easy. how are we going to do these model effects how are we going to do these aliens so I think if you're if you're used to that kind of telly 
and you haven't seen it for a while, it's all there on BritBox if people have kind of got a streaming service or have, have subscribed to that, and DVD, of course. So it's really easy to get hold of, and I think it stands up, because what you don't have in special effects, you have to do in character work and absolute zingers of dialogue. I think that's that's the strength of Blake 7. I kind of joke that everything I know about writing dialogue I got from watching Blake 7. And that's in the hands of the script editor, Chris Boucher, yes. uh, who died quite recently, very sadly. Um, but he just had a... He just had a way for a sharp comeback and uh, most of them end up in the mouth of Paul Darrow who played Avon. So you've got this very sharp, uh, zinging sort of dialogue in the middle of quite a slow fight, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so let's talk, Una, about your Blake 7 book. First yeah. of all, what's it called? OK, well, it, it's part of a box set, actually. So okay. what, we, what we did was uh, um, a company called Big Finish who usually specialise yeah. in audio dramas for things like Blake Doctor 7, Who. Doctor Who in particular, yeah. Star Cops as well, which I've um, done a couple of plays for. Um, they got uh, access to Terry Nation's scripts for the first season. He wrote the whole of the first season and then the next episode of season two, so 14 scripts. And they thought it'd be great to novelise these and uh, you know go back to the scripts and see what was different and in these original drafts, maybe bring a bit of that in so the material feels a bit fresher. Um, and I took two scripts which are uh, usually sort of thought of as being quite slow. They're sort of at the end of the season where you can see Terry's going, oh, Lord, I've written 10 scripts already. What can I put in this <laughs> one? And I thought, well, that's going to give me a little bit of space. So for those of you who know Blake Seven, yeah. uh, I wrote two, uh, uh, the novelisation two episodes called Bounty and Deliverance. And they're right at the end of that season. And he's, you know, it's not the finale. So it's the it's the two before the finale. Right, OK. <laughs> where people, oh, I'm really exhausted. Uh, so, uh, but I found that gave me a lot of place to kind of, work up characters or work up the settings and yeah it's part of a, a box set of uh, so we have two episodes in each novel uh and uh, seven of us sort of took it on so uh yeah that's uh people take a look it's a beautiful box set uh and a real bucket list thing for me i really wanted to do a Blake seven novel so when the chance came straight in off you went and yeah. how long did you spend writing oh goodness well i uh uh, they're, they're quite short, uh, so if you if you think of an average sort of uh, novel, a uh, science fiction novel would maybe be sort of eight to 200,000 words. I think these came in at about 50. Um, and of course, you're working on the scripts, so, you know, a yeah. lot of the dialogue is there. So I'd say it was about um, four, five, six weeks. But I loved Blake Seven, and I, I, I wrote it very quickly and just enjoyed every minute of it. It was sheer fun, sheer pleasure. I, I mean, I won't say I'd do it for free because... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, shh, don't no, say that. No, I'd absolutely not do it for free, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Did you ever... Uh, I know a lot of the cast, and the cast changed, yeah. as we said, uh, over the years, although you were writing the novels there about the you know the original Very much, cast. Yeah. Did you get... Did, did, did you or have you met any of the, the surviving members of the cast? I know quite a few of them, sadly. We, we've lost... We him. have we lost Paul a Darrow lot of them. A few years ago. Paul Darrow a few years ago, Gareth before that. Very recently, Stephen Greif, who played the first... Travis, oh, who yes. was an incredibly fit man, kind of tennis player, really real shock actually. Um, I've used, I've gone to lots of conventions, so I've met them all on and off over the years. And I had a lovely meeting with Paul Darrow uh, not long before he died. He was at a convention, very small convention over in Oxfordshire, um, and I'd written a, a big finish that he was in, and I sort of handed him the cover to sign it, and I said, you know, I wrote this, and he was just delightful with me. It couldn't have been nicer you oh, know kind lovely. of like an actor you'd love from when you were very small then you'd written something and he performed it and then you know you kind of say oh here you go i did this he was just charming with me everything you could have hoped for from uh, avon 
<laughs> oh, that's, lo- that's a lovely story. And yeah. often the villains, people say, uh, Roger Delgado, who played the original yeah. master in Doctor Who, people who sadly was tragically killed in a car, car accident, crash, wasn't he, yeah. when he was still a relatively young man. But yeah. people always say, what a nice chap he exactly, was. Exactly, yeah. Another actor I admire a lot is Andrew Robinson, who played uh, the Scorpio killer in uh, Dirty Harry. He's yes. a real psychopath. He's an amazing man, really, really thoughtful and intelligent and clever actor uh, who I've met a couple of times. He's, he's just great. So, yeah, the villains turn out to be... Uh, I think actors have to dig deep, and if they're doing that kind of work, it generally makes them quite thoughtful and interesting people. So uh, I love them. I think they're magic. They take my words and they just, you know, do stuff with them I couldn't have imagined. Clearly, this is something that you're interested in. You know, I love these series like Doctor yeah. Who. You wrote the autobiography of Mr. Spock. No less. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well. Ghost written. Spock didn't do it. <laughs> Done <laughs> Big <by> shock. <laughs> so what? How did that come about? Oh, the whole thing, or yeah, well, well, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah so, so I always loved these shows, just like you as a kid, and uh, you know. And then I found that I was writing little stories about them, and they were going into fanzines. Um, and then the internet happened, which, you know, some of us remember the time before. So I started posting these stories online um, and people liked them. Uh, and then out of the blue, I got an email from a guy that said, oh, you know, I'm the editor of the Star Trek books, uh, uh, pocket books at Simon & Schuster, as they were at the time. Yes. Um, and he said, your writing's been recommended. Would you like to pitch? And I kind of checked the email address and, you know, checked my brother wasn't, you know, sending me a... <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, please. That would yeah. be very nice. And then, you know, they've just come back and kept on asking for more. So, uh, you know, it really was a dream. You don't, nobody gets commissioned that way. You usually have to knock at the door for yeah. years. But literally, the time was right. My writing was getting, you know, pretty decent. They were commissioning new voices. The internet made it very easy to find me. It all just came together all at once. And uh, I've had a lark ever and since. How long ago was it that you started producing oh, the books. that was probably about 2003. So, right. yeah, and then I think my first one was... So it's coming up for 20 years now, yeah. Which is pretty good. That's not a bad no. innings for a writer. That's I think f- I've had something out every year for about 20 years now, which is pretty good going, I think. Yeah, and how yeah. many in a, in a year? I mean, is there a typical number of uh, books that you would put out? Or? I think my maximum has been three. Right. Uh, which I don't recommend. <laughs> That's quite tiring. <laughs> I think two long ones and a short one, I think, was my maximum. Um, I would probably write... Uh, these days, I would probably write one book and maybe two, possibly three audio dramas. Yes. And a couple of short stories. Right, yeah. Right. And do you, write, do you write scripts for Big Finish? Because I do indeed. Yeah, do I've done Doctor, Doctor Who, Who I've done Torchwood, I've done Blake Seven, I've done Star Cops. Don't know if anyone remembers that. Yeah. 1980s. I do. It does what it yes. says on the tin. It's kind of police in space. Uh, so I've done some stuff for that. So yeah, audio drama's a lot of fun, I think. It's, uh, it's dialogue based, which I love. And you get to go to the studio and listen to the actors go, who wrote this terrible stuff? And you go, that was me. Oh, you're in today. Oh, right, OK. Lovely script, darling. <laughs> and I think quite a few of the old... the. Doc, the actors who have played Doctor yeah. Who, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, they they do the big. They've they done do it, the, yeah. David Tennant's done them now. I, I think Christopher Eccleston is the most recent to kind of sign up. So uh, yes. they clearly love doing it. It's a lot of fun. I think it really, uh, you know, it doesn't pay vastly well. They do a great lunch at the studio. It feels like a real company. Yes. Uh, and actors enjoy acting with a gang of other good actors. So it's a great day out. 
uh, and and people enjoy it. So uh, you know, let's do more of it. And yeah. where where do you do the big finish ones? Where are the studios? Oh, the studios are down in uh, North West London, North London. Yeah, so it's all it, you know. Everyone just kind of gathers in a in a in a little sound studio somewhere in you know London suburbs, and uh, then we all trot off at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> very very nice. And in terms of conventions, things like Comic Con, because I know you're going to do that as well. <laughs> What's the what's the drill for that? Is that that's normally a couple of days away, presumably? But it you... can be. I'm doing I'm doing London Comic Con at the end of this uh, end of next week, actually, and that's just a day trip. I'm ju- I'm just doing one panel, so you know it's at the XL. Hooray for the Elizabeth Line, which I'm going to sample for oh, the first time. Have you not been on it? Not yet. Oh, no, it's fantastic. So it's really good. It's really good. the geek in me comes out. I'm kind of going, <laughs> oh look, I can change it, Farringdon. How exciting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where that's where I change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At St Pancras train, yeah. and yeah, so super excited about that so that's just one day this week but i've been out to kind of uh you know my I, my doctor who books got translated to czech so the czech publisher took me out to prague comic con and that was that was brilliant that was amazing uh i've never been to prague before it was just after lockdown so it was kind of really quiet and beautiful uh, probably the best time to see it so yeah been out to la went to a doctor who convention there it's good fun yeah very nice yeah <laughs> i remember i tell you what the doctor who books so i just like Blake Seven and yeah. Star Trek, I, I love Doctor Who. And I remember when I was at school, which was back in the days of the original Doctor Who, those books were around then. Yeah. And I used to like reading them. Yeah. I've never been a great reader, but I used to enjoy reading Doctor Who books. And I remember I got so into them because there were loads of them. Uh, yeah. that, um, during, I think it was a music lesson at school. <laughs> well, I didn't really like music very much, which is bizarre. Now I do this. But... Uh, I got caught by the teacher as well at the back of the class reading my Doctor Who book and I was about two-thirds of the way through and he was pretty cross with me, now, understandably. The and he, geek in me has to ask which which Doctor Who book it was. Oh, I think... Well, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've, re- I've read lots of them. Yeah. Um, it would have been... Um, I, I read quite a few of the Patrick Troughton, oh, yeah. John Pertwee and Tom Baker era. Yes. It would have been one of those. can't remember exactly which one it was because I read so many. Yeah. But I know with this one... He took it away from me, and uh, I didn't get it back to the end of term. So oh my I didn't get goodness, to find out what he was really cross. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably written by Terence Dix, who who wrote most of them. Yeah, yeah it was written and by Terence Dix. And I think it's, it's, it has probably done more for children's literacy in a certain generation, because kids who didn't read would read Doctor Who Terence Dix books and love them. He was an absolute master. He was at Downing. He was an undergraduate at Cambridge. So, was he? Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know that. Under uh, Levis, who hated popular culture, Terence Dix went off and, you know, ah. script edited Doctor Who. <laughs> ah, so there is, there's, a, there's a Cambridge connection there's there. There's always like a, a Cambridge, Cambridge connection. connection. Yeah, yeah uh, the, other, the other thing I remember, I don't know whether you've ever met him, he's quite a personality, I think. I've once met Tom Baker because round about that time when I was yeah. reading the books at school, so I was a schoolboy at the time and he was the Doctor and he did a signing um, he, I think he had a book out. He must have had a book out. He did yeah. a signing in Harrow, which is where I grew up. And um, I queued up and uh, went up. And the thing that I remember about him was he was dressed with the scarf and the hat. Oh, he did that, yeah. And, oh, and, he, and he was very much... He was in character. He kind oh, of was fantastic. the Doctor. And he signed my book... Uh, yeah, I never forget what he wrote in the front. I, he, he said, "What's your name?" You know, so I said, "Ian," and he wrote to Ian from Who on Earth, Tom Baker. <laughs> well done, Tom. <laughs> he can be. A, it depends what mood he's in in the morning. I think I've only seen him at a convention, and he kind of walked onto stage, and the room just 
you know, people got to their feet, gave him a standing ovation. He loved it. You he know, did. the arms were out. It was like, at last, my people, <laughs> I am recognised. He's absolutely unique and he's very old now, but he's still going. He yeah. is, yeah. I've Because he's in his 80s, I oh, think. Oh, definitely, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I've seen video of him recently because he was always quite a big chap, oh, but giant, actually, he looks yeah. very, he looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Um, yeah, people frail. go frail, don't they? Sort of late 80s, but I, I imagine that the intellect and, you know, the, uh, the wit is still there. Absolute. I mean, you would say national treasure, but, you know, intergalactic treasure. Tom, Tom Absolutely, Baker, intergalactic <laughs> treasure. That is exactly what it is. Well, Uma, Uma, we could chat for, for, forever, could. but it's been, it's been really nice to sort of hear about you, hear about the book. If people are listening to this and thinking, I want to get hold of some of uh, Una's work, how do they do it? Where do they, where do they find your, well, de- your books? Well, definitely support bookshop.org, which is a kind of uh, website that uh, connects lots of independent bookshops and you can buy online there. If you must, you can find them at Amazon or through the publisher, or else take a look at my website which is just my name unamccormack.co.uk but very easy to find and bigfinish.com for the Blake 7 uh, books I think is probably the best place but bookshop.org if people don't use it is uh, .org.uk absolutely great website This is Ian Dayborn on Cambridge 105 Radio